most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. The basics. Basics begin with less government, less taxes, more individual responsibility. Those are the qualities that made America great. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Solutions. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thanks for joining us because we are going to tell you the truth and give you the facts and set the record straight. To help you be a part of making this a better United States of America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. How are you? Hey, Herman. How you doing? You back home? I am. Yes. My key actually worked to get in the door last night. All right. Amazing. Very good. Good to see the kids this morning. They were actually excited to see their dad. <laughs> yes. You've been on the road for a while. But since that won't be a debate on Monday, I guess... The next question is, what's the latest update on all of those people who want to stop Trump? Yeah, this is um, this is another group. This is not sort of establishment. It's uh, it's more I call them conservatives who some of whom support Ted Cruz, some of them who just don't like Donald Trump, you know, sort of a mix. And it's yet another group that, you know, they talk about. I mean, how many times have we heard this, Herman, from either sort of GOP elected officials, GOP establishment or conservatives or Tea Party people or outside groups? You know, for whatever uh, group of reasons, they're they're not on board with Trump. So there's a meeting going on right now, in fact, in D.C., of these more conservative non-establishment types who are trying to come up with a game plan of either a way to raise money to try to go after Trump, to stop him along the way, or B, rally more people around Ted Cruz. I think they'd like to get Rubio on board and others to uh, have a more united front, or even C... And this is mentioned very clearly in the email invite that went out to people, even envision a running a conservative candidate as a third party candidate in the fall. So I don't know whether any of that is going to come to pass. I do think it shows just how divided right now the GOP is about the whole situation with the presidential race. You obviously have a very big block of people that are on board and on board very strongly with Donald Trump. Uh, he is clearly the leader. Whether or not he gets to a majority is still to be determined in the delegates, but he certainly is in the driver's seat there. And then you have, I think, you know, the establishment, while they're grumbling and they've been plotting behind the scenes, they certainly haven't figured out what to do. And now you have some of the more conservative elements of the party sort of looking at the same thing, too. So it's one of those things, Herman, you never know. Each Every four years, I mean, eight years ago right now, people are saying, oh, uh, the Democrats will never get back together. This this terrible battle between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama will tear the party apart. And it didn't really turn out that way in the fall. Right. So this may be a lot of talk. And by October, people are falling back to the Republican Party nominee, as we like to say. They come home and they vote for that nominee if it's Donald Trump or somebody else. You know, time will only tell on that. But uh, clearly, there are a number of different groups with very different agendas. You know what I mean? It's not it's not just the establishment that's not sold on Trump. It's not just the conservatives. It's not just the Tea Party. So it's various elements all across there. And But so far, let's face it, they can talk all they want. They can meet all they want. They have not come up with a way uh, to really slow down Trump at all. 
Do you have any idea who some of these people are in that meeting that you yeah. referred to? Yeah, so you've got um, Eric Erickson, the conservative talk radio host. You've got a guy named, uh, I think it's, uh, was it Ben Fisher uh, from South Dakota, a businessman. You've got a guy who would work for George W. Bush, who, who is responsible for outreach to the conservative community. And you've got others. Again, these are not... I would not call these people establishment by any means. They are, they're not elected officials and sort of in that elected class, uh, but more they're influential people within conservative circles uh, who, uh, who certainly, I think the one thing that, that a lot of these people are sort of aggravated about is they feel like that some of the, the natural issues that have been out there for years for Republicans <coughs> are just not getting that much attention from Donald Trump. And let's face it, I do think that is one of the unique things about this year. Whether you like it or don't like it isn't the point. I, I do think it has been very interesting of how Trump has not really hewn to the old party line on you know what to emphasize. The social issues that are usually such a big part of any presidential bid on the Republican side, almost non-existent. Um, you know, Trump has certainly shown that, uh, that he... He will talk every once in a while about uh, possibly raising some taxes. Uh, he's shown that he'll talk uh, about things like trade that are different from the usual party line. So, you know, we, we as we all sort of try to figure out where this is all going, I think it's a reminder that Trump has sort of reset things for the Republican Party. Again, whether it's good or not isn't the point, uh, but he certainly has introduced new elements and changed the dynamic of what is usually the way that we go about a Republican race. There's an old saying, if you don't have a better idea, to bring to the table, then don't try to kill the idea that's on the table. That's not a statement in, in endorsing and supporting Donald Trump. It just is insane for them looking for ways to stop him when these old themes you talked about, they haven't been winners necessarily. Yeah, it's interesting because you look at four years ago, uh, what was the, the, the rap from conservatives? I mean, for example, I've, I've talked to people this year out, you know, voters and stuff, and, and, you know, they're not happy with where things are going. They don't like sort of the Rubio, Kasich, they call them the establishment candidates. And, um, and so you talk to voters and you say, okay, well, in 2008, did, did you vote for McCain against Obama? No, I didn't vote for McCain. You know, he wasn't conservative enough. Okay. Uh, 2012, did you vote for Romney against Obama? No, Romney wasn't good enough. Okay, well, this time you're not going to vote for Trump. No, I'm not going to vote for Trump. You know, then I start wondering whether you should even count those people as Republicans. You know, no. I'm sure I'm sure some of them are listening right now, and, and that's not meant as a as an attack or anything. It's just you sort of start to wonder uh, about if if people are going to sit out three consecutive elections, where that sort of leaves them on on the spectrum of things. And and let's face it, there has been for a number of years sort of a, a core group in the Republican Party that has always sort of wanted their issue or their cause or else. And, you know, uh, we've we've seen people sit out the last couple elections. I don't again, I don't know if it'll mean that they'll sit out this time or whether the force of Donald Trump, say, if he wins the GOP nomination, he just brings things along at a, at a pace that will it won't matter whether some of those people stay on the sidelines, that they'll still be able to win. I do think that some people right now leg are legitimate. And I believe them when they tell me I'm never voting for Donald Trump. I also think that at this point in time in the race, there's a lot of bluster like that from both candidates and Republican officials and voters that sometimes fades away, especially if it were Trump versus Hillary Clinton later on. I would agree. And there are equally as many people, I believe, and this is from taking a few days off and I get up to get these unsolicited comments who are saying, look, I'm a Trump supporter. They're not going to change my mind. That's why some of these attacks aren't working and this sort of thing. So let's hope that the biggest thing that I think people want to see right now is to let the process unfolds, unfold. There are still some states who have not voted yet. 
Let's see where we end up with this. And, you know, doing the hypothetical math is all well and good, but it's the real math that's going to count. And all of the speculation about what could happen and what might might not happen, you know, I think that that's just adding to some of the frustration that a lot of people might be fooling. Well, and let's look at the calendar coming up because we're about to have an extended break. On Tuesday, you will have Arizona and Utah voting for the Republicans. Uh, Arizona's a primary that's winner-take-all. I think it's 55 delegates. Utah's a proportional with a 15% uh, uh, threshold. Now, for the Democrats, they'll have Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, so they have three things going on on Tuesday. And then we take a two-week break. There's nothing that happens over Easter, and then we don't vote again until April the 5th, Tuesday, April the 5th, which is the only Wisconsin. Then there's another two-week break, and there's no primaries again until Tuesday the 19th. That's New York. And so there's only two, two primaries there. And then on the 26th of April, then we have Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island. We finally sort of get things going again. But here's something I want to talk about, Herman. In the interim, while we're not having many primaries or caucuses, there is a uh, – some of you listening may have seen some articles about maneuvering behind the scenes to make sure you get delegates elected, especially on the Republican side. And pretty much from now uh, over the next couple of, of months, just about every weekend in a couple states here and there, there will be local either uh, congressional district or county-based or state-based Republican gatherings, conventions, whatever you want to call them, delegate selection meetings – at which the states actually elect people who will be the delegates. Now, this is a really important thing. Usually, it, it's hardly any attention. But if you go back four years ago, Ron Paul did uh, really well at this in making sure that his people got elected as delegates and his people got elected in certain positions of power within the Republican Party. For example, this Saturday, in your home state of Georgia, Herman, every local Republican county, uh, a Republican county organization, will be holding their conventions as they really start the process of electing specific people to be the delegates to the Republican convention. In South Dakota, they'll have their uh, delegate selection meetings. In Texas this Saturday, they'll have county and senatorial district conventions to get together to start electing the people. And here's where it's really important. Because you might be in a situation, let's just say, what if we had a contested convention? In your home state of Georgia, Donald Trump won, and he won most of the delegates. So those would be pledged to Trump on the first ballot. But what if we elected, say, your buddy John, and John, he doesn't like Trump, he's a Cruz guy, but he gets elected as one of the delegates. Well, he would have to vote for Trump on that first ballot. But if we had a second ballot, he'd become a free agent. And he might be a cruise vote after that. So there's a lot of work that has to go on behind the scenes now in all these different states and territories in the coming weeks and months to actually elect these people who are delegates. And we'll see if we I still don't believe we'll get to a contested convention. But if we do, somebody's going to be better organized than the other person in terms of getting their people in and getting them as delegates and alternates who would be ready to maybe flip for them if we do go to multiple ballots. So that's something to think about. Very sort of down in the weeds. Most people have no idea it goes on. It's only a handful of states, Herman, where if you win, you then hand the names of your delegates to the party. Most of the time, they're elected in very grassroots meetings like we'll have starting this weekend. I think it points up another important point. If people want to get involved, that's where you start. Go to those county Republican Party meetings. They're open to whoever, whatever county you live in. And I think you can either find out 
where and when by going to first the Secretary of State's website. Sometimes the Republican Party of X County might have their own website. Get involved, go to the meeting, even if you just go to see how the process works and see what they're talking about. So that is a very good suggestion or a reminder of, of this is what's going on right now. Yeah, because like four years ago, in a number of instances, Herman, the Ron Paul people showed up en masse at certain state conventions and county conventions, and they had more people there than the Romney people. The Romney people got outworked, and in some cases, the Paul people were actually able to install their own people as like the state party chairman or the county Republican Party chair right. and able to get their delegates. So it's not only at the primaries and the caucuses, but it's at these local county and state conventions that are really going to be picking up a lot of steam in the weeks and months ahead, that a lot of the details will be made and could actually have a very big impact come July in the Republican National Convention. I would agree. They need to get involved. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show.